Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. In this week's episode, we hear a story about the power of dance for foolishness or love, and how some words from Dr. King and a song inspired by his words can help redirect our steps in episode 44 of Holy Shenanigans, Dance with Others. Do you like to dance? Where have you danced before? There are dances that draw people together. And there are some selective in who is asked to step in. In Mark 6, we hear the infamous story of a dance given by Herodias's daughter to gain the favor of King Herod. If her dance pleases the king, she could ask him for almost anything. So she danced, she pleased, and she asked for something foolish and terrible. You might be wondering, how can a dance be terrible or infamous? This beautiful dancer, she asked, being prompted by her mother because of a grudge she held against John, for the now dance-pleased king to deliver the head of John on a platter. From what I can gather about this Bible story, Herod had not intended to kill John, but he chose to have him killed to escape public embarrassment for denying Herodias her request for the head of John the baptizer. Herod chose his pride over doing what would have been truly courageous. Herod's choice led to John's death and to Herod's own demise into pride and ego. A little detour here into Lutheran theology. Martin Luther defines sin as people turning towards themselves, homo incurvatus in se, humanity turned curved inward on oneself. This phrase describes a life lived inward, for self, rather than outward, for God and others. The community of people with which Herod, his wife, his daughter, the court of officials and dignitaries lived focused on one thing, 
choosing to please self. Herodias looked out for Herodias, and Herod looked out for Herod. So who was looking out for John? John was the one person who boldly spoke truth to power in this story. John the baptizer. Even in the face of arrest, imprisonment, and death, John continues to turn outward to others and to God. But what does Herod do? Herod turns incurvatus in say, in a dance with himself. There's a verse in Ephesians 1 that says, God destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ. What I gather from this text is the idea that God adopts people as God's own. This picture of God's love for people is unpacked for me when I remember of learning how to polka. When I was a little girl, I loved going to weddings. Weddings meant dressing up, throwing rice at the wedding couple, wedding cake, and my favorite, dancing. So some background on the holy shenanigans of polka dancing. At these weddings, I would have the opportunity to dance with my great uncles who lived far away from me in the big city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. These uncles knew how to polka and they would take me by the hand and show me the polka steps. And all evening long, we'd make our way all over that dance floor. I danced throughout the entire wedding reception, not because I was particularly good at dancing or I was brave, I danced at that wedding because my kind great uncles came up to me, took me by the hand, and helped me onto the dance floor. A holy shenanigan I've been thinking about for a while now is one that has been danced for over 30 years. On June 19th, my husband and I celebrated our 29th wedding anniversary. When we met, he was working at a local radio station, and I would see him at local concerts. A way I tried to get his attention and to find a way to have a conversation after the concert where we met was to borrow his hat. I thought that if I had his hat, he would have to give me a call after the concert. Apparently, hat borrowing and love have some interesting dance moves. In a strange way, this borrowing of a hat was my way to ask him to dance and to get to know him better. While there are lots of stories I can tell about the ongoing saga of hat borrowing in our life together, the practice of extending a hand to each other in challenging and joyful times is a practice that has made our dance together beautiful. Ian and I's relationship of extending hands and my great uncles who would take me by the hand and teach me how the polka, they remind me of the creator's love for people that God is always coming to us and inviting us away from the dance of self and self alone and into a dance of communion with people and God. In 1964, Dr. King was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for his dynamic leadership of the civil rights movement and steadfast commitment to achieving racial justice through nonviolent action. He says this about his perspective on being other-centered. I have the audacity to believe that peoples everywhere can have three meals a day for their bodies, education and culture for their minds, and dignity, equality, and freedom for their spirits. I believe that what self-centered men have torn down, other centered men can build up. P.S. I invite you to take a deeper look at the speeches of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. A favorite collection of mine is... 
A Testament of Hope, The Essential Writings and Speeches by Dr. Martin Luther King and James M. Washington. Until then, though, here are some more thoughts about dancing. When it comes to shifting our steps from ones of self-service to ones of serving others, we may not feel confident in our ability to dance, but the one that created the dance of life is always with us, calling us outside of ourselves to new life, to new hope, and new adventures that we are yet to take steps in. You are invited to dance. All of us are included. And this is a dance of the beloved community that would be foolish to miss. This week, our question and poem portion of Holy Shenanigans is doing a dance to their own tune. To end this episode, I chose to share a song I wrote and recorded a few years ago. It's called Brothers and Sisters Dance. The phrase that inspired this song comes from a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He said, We must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. I took some creative license with his thought, and lo and behold, this song becomes a match in this conversation about dancing for self or dancing for others' sake. Remember the story of Herod and John the Baptist? In the end of the story, Herod chose the path of ego, and the price of that choice was John's life. If this story would have ended differently, in a way that did not end in foolishness, what dance of beloved community might have been possible? And while we can't change the ending of Herod's story, how can we take brave steps for life, for love, for the pursuit of happiness, to dance together? Will you dance with me? Give me your hat. Take my hand. Let's dance.
for joining me for Holy Shenanigans to surprise, encourage, redirect, and sometimes turn life upside down, all in the name of love. You're invited to join me on an unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stopping. We must learn